I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Sarah, how are you? Oh, Sarah, I'm so excited about this. So excited. Okay, well, we have a full, you can't see because you're listening to this on a podcast feed, but we have a full house this week. There's like four squares on the Zoom call. It's like crazy. Um, So I get this, I get an email earlier in the week from Jordan Blanco. Hi, Jordan. Hi, guys. <laughs> and she's like, please, can I come on the podcast this week? <laughs> I did. Hell I yes. invited myself to ride along. I love that. I love when people invite themselves to ride along with us. And then I was like, well, if Jordan's coming, we might as well get Kelly here too and make it a a double tandem ride. A double tandem <laughs> ride. Who's in front? I know. I don't I I don't know, Sarah. Can we be on the tandem together? We're we're in the back of the tandem from we're in the back. Yeah. I I can I can just be in the back. Giving Kelly a hard time. Okay. okay. <laughs> you're, the, you're the engine of the tandem. <laughs> okay. So we have Jordan Blanco and Kelly O'Mara. And Jordan, okay, I have to know, why did you, why were you so urgently wanting to be on the podcast? Um, because I had just finished a bike ride and I was listening to podcasts and music that go on my bike rides and I had just listened to the how they train podcasts with Andrew Messick and the host, uh, Jack Kelly. And what was going through my mind was the, they might've entitled the podcast, how they train wreck <laughs> because that's what I took away from it. <laughs> totally. I feel like, okay. So I had already seen that podcast, like on, I'd never heard of the podcast before, by the way, but I got that plugged into triathlon. So it's I like the most to- popular podcast in triathlon. Apparently I have been told. Oh, okay. Well, at least self-reported. No. <laughs> Self-reported. Okay. It's right after If We Were Riding and the popularity. Naturally. Because that's self-reportedly wildly popular. Um, But (laughs) I had seen it on social media, like Andrew Messick storms out of interview, right? So immediately I kind of knew like, oh, this is probably why Jordan wants to come on the podcast. Did you all listen to it? Yes, but I told you not to. I told you not to listen. <laughs> Politely ended the call in a slightly awkward Andrew Messick way. Yeah, exactly. I did feel like we were a bit oversold on <laughs> on the storming out, which I was waiting for, but never happened, you know? Yeah, it was definitely a, a dramatization, but it, I don't know. It, it, it was the challenge for me in listening to that was it felt like two conversations in each each. The host and, and Andrew as an interviewee, uh, neither seemed to be listening to one another. At least the host was not listening to the answers or, or wasn't interested in listening to the answers. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly my perspective. Mm-hmm. The answers also, you know that he had these points sure. that he was trying to make and they both were digging in 
and it just was a lot of going in circles. So it's going in circles. But I did appreciate the fact that that Jack, you know, asked some questions that normally don't get asked of Andrew Messick. I appreciate that. Like the pro prize money at the mm. end. I was uh, appreciative. What annoyed? Well, there are many things that annoyed me, whatever. Um, I think I was like live texting old Sarah while I was <laughs> Am I I'm old Sarah? Is that correct? Okay. Older Sarah, yeah. Um but if you're going to ask somebody, do you think the pros deserve to be paid what they're paid, right? And they say, and the person says a whole bunch of stuff, talking, whatever. They're going to say, we think pros are important. We've provided a valuable platform for them, whatever. Then your next question can't be the exact same <laughs> fucking question, right? Like, then you have to, like, you have to have done your research and, like, looked up the, fi- the IPO filing and say, well, it looks like you guys had a revenue of $10 million. And most prize money says you give, you know, $1.8 million a year to pros. Does that seem does that seem right to you? And they're going to say, oh, right. And then you say, okay, well, that's you know, ten percent or twenty percent. And most sports give fifty percent. Do you intend to give more? Right? Like you would have to like phrase it mm-hmm. like that. Like yeah, that's what you would do. But he had done no research. He had no backup. He had no follow. He wasn't listening. And just repeating the same question over and over isn't like an interview. It's like listening to a child. Mm-hmm. That's what was. I was just like, oh, that was what annoyed me. So coming coming from a podcast that's basically two children. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Jack's a real interviewer. But you're right, Kelly. You actually are a journalist. And I hear you. I'd be like, Andrew Mezik, tell me about your pets. <laughs> tell me about your pets. I think also from my perspective, um, even like as they talked about like the, the, the change in Kona and getting all the athletes on the course and those operational logistical um, points in the first part of the podcast it it seemed that the host wanted to go back to I don't know to the year 2000 and go back to like an age group mass start um, I've, I've raced that race I, I've been to Kona as early as 2005 when it was a mass start for men and women and as athletes have gotten faster and everyone's swimming 55 minutes to an hour like that course gets compressed and there's no space for anywhere to go. Like I thought we'd already progressed to the point where we recognize mass starts don't work for age group fields. It just becomes a crowded draft fest. And, and Andrew's um, at least feedback from an operational perspective to protect the women's race, to protect the professional men's race and, and keep the age groupers out of that race are all really reasonable, rational points. And to kind of prosecute and, and suggest we should go back to mass starts and cap the age group field at 500 means we're going back to the year 2000 and back to an era where there's one Ironman race in Australia that only the top two or three athletes would qualify at. And I think many of um, Jack's listeners, I don't think they want to go back to that. That's that's not realistic. That's not where we are these days. I think most of his listeners don't care about the women. Let's be real, okay? Yeah. According to Intermessic, his listeners don't care about women 60 plus. I know, that was one of my <laughs> takeaways. This was a point Andrew had. And he was going to repeat it about eight times. I mean, in all fairness, the whole first like 30 minutes that we just went in circles where like operational logistics were wildly misunderstood. The fact that like the best 80 year old in the world is finishing in 17 hours. Like that's like, that's looking amazing for that like 90 year old guy Mm -hmm. from Japan. Like if he finishes in 17 hours, that's crazy. Right. 
And then when like, you just keep repeating, like, no, we need to make it harder. It needs to be a tighter shut off. It needs to be 15 hours. And then, you know, like, well, and it was just like, you didn't, again, did no research, like no understanding, no, like knowing what you're like, that I think is what Jordan was like meant about. Like, it's just really, it was really frustrating. And no active listening. Listen to the answers. <laughs> yeah. Talk past each other. And you're, I mean, yeah. That's why I told you not to listen. <laughs> I told you I'd sum it up for you. Like, okay, in the first part, like the section that you all are talking about, where there was like the same question going back and forth about logistics and whether like it was essentially for anyone who's not listened, it was essentially that like if you go back to one day and you have to space out the race enough in order for the pro women and the and the women age groupers as well to have a fair race, you have to space out the starts so far that some of the older athletes end up starting late in particular, like the, the older women athletes end up starting later in the day and therefore can't make the cutoffs and can't get off the bike essentially before it's dark. Um, and so they were like, and are out in a hotter part of the day as well. So like <clears throat> there were, so, I mean, I felt like, I felt like I understood basically I understood those logistical things better actually because of the podcast. I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Um, and the other thing like I, that I was thinking during that section is like, I don't find sometimes intermessic like doesn't come across as like terribly. I, even when he is being authentic, sometimes he sounds inauthentic. I don't know what that is about the way that he's presents himself or whatever, but like um, I was actually kind of like convinced <laughs> I'm like in the first part where I'm like, oh, he he just like laid that out really nicely. And also like, if you think about, um, and this is where I felt like Jack, the host, I obviously I don't know him, but like, was it didn't have like a broad view of the sport in terms of like knowing right. like, for example, like Nice and where we came from in terms of the original world championships, like all the history with Nice, but also like, how does development in sport work and how has it worked for us? Right. And like in the past, like in triathlon, we've always like created opportunity and, and built into that opportunity. And that was always the point that we made with 50 women to Kona was like, give women equal access because they will, the women's side of the sport will develop faster if you give people opportunities. Right. And like, I think that's just how development work, works. And so I'm like thinking about, and I've thought about this Ironman challenge for months now. Right. But I'm like, I absolutely was convinced me and my brain was absolutely like, this was like of the bad choices they had, like this was the only choice. Like you can't, you cannot contract back to the single day with women being like 25% of the field. Right. Like that just wasn't an option. Are you trying to convince No, I'm just saying like, (laughs) I'm just saying like, I, I was actually kind of surprised that like, I'm like, can't that, someone could be like the people are people in general in, in, I mean, even I've seen like all the comments, I don't even pay attention. I've seen all the comments on the Ironman posts and everything. Like the people are being so blinkered about how you develop the sport. Like our sport is shrinking right now, like giving people less access, which seemed to be one of Jack's main points, give less people access to the world championships is going to contract the sport, not grow it. Like that seems really simple to me. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media. 
that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's Iron Women, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, IRONWOMEN1515 at orca.com. Okay, so if Iron Man really cares about development of women's triathlon, I think Jack did hit upon something interesting, which was, if you really care about the pro women's race, why aren't you covering it when it happens? Um, So, yes, Andrew kind of glossed over that. But I think, yes, they have a responsibility to elevate the women's race. And historically, they have not done that. And Andrew didn't answer that part of the question. Um, so it's it's a yes mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and that, that's, I mean, I know Jack asked, it was great that he asked about like the the pro prize first, but I think that's, that's just a tactical marketing decision on their part. They could, the athletes show up, it is a legitimate world championships. It's on sponsors and other kind of um, elements of the industry to kind of step up and, and reward athletes as well as Ironman. What I think they miss from a marketing tactic perspective, it kind of ties into Sarah's point here is like, wait, can we use these, work with these pro athletes, sorry, use is a bad term, work with these pro athletes to elevate them and the stories. And maybe that attracts more age groupers in and by better storytelling, better engagement, Mm -hmm. you have this phenomenal world champion, Chelsea Sodaro, who is eloquent, thoughtful, amazing speaker just like use her like why was she not flown out to like new york city to be on like the nbc whatever the show is called the day after she won like why are they not leveraging those kind of media pr channels to elevate the champions to elevate and then attract more people into the sport i mean that's how i think it could work but i mean let's say a marketing slash pr tactic versus uh running around i didn't I guess they decide the tactic is to invest in the age group stories, but I think they could test and trial both and and see if it has impact. Yeah. I mean, they do like, um, you guys may know this, you may not, they do hire like these third-party PR firms, which will like send out, like blast out like stories that you should be doing stories, right? They'll like send you like all the sob stories. And so I get these emails from these third-party PR firms that like don't know anything about triathlon. I want to explain to me how there's the Mm. amazing race in Hawaii. And there's this amazing person doing it who like, you know, overcame something and inevitably like we already know it's always very bizarre right but to jordan's point chelsea for example was like weirdly free after winning so clearly mm. those like that marketing and those third-party pr firms were not calling bookers and blasting it out and like making deals it was and i'm curious kelly maybe you know this or maybe you do jordan like how that happens in other sports like in a bigger sport like in the nba does the same thing like there's there's a PR firm send out stories after a big championship and then does someone pick it up or like does because is it on Iron Man to like pay for Chelsea Sodaro to fly to New York and do an interview like they have partnership with NBC 
I mean, it's in everybody's interest to have an American champion of the sport going blasting across all of NBC's outlets. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So then that's, yeah. So essentially, like, potentially Iron Man's not, like, leveraging those partnerships enough. Not yeah. well, yeah. And I mean, like for basketball, for instance, right? Like every team has somebody, has a director of marketing who's doing that and working with all the local TV stations. And then NBA itself has somebody who's doing that and working with all the teams in the local regional market and on a national level. And then every player has like agents who's managing that for them. And we just obviously don't have that infrastructure mm. in triathlon. Like, yeah, I, and then I, like I know it from a, a pro athlete perspective. I've worked with pro athletes like Sarah Piamchal and I work with Kaylee Spivey and I work to create opportunities for them. So um as if I were say Chelsea's agent I'd be one helping to create those opportunities getting her story out reaching out to independent journalists who might want to cover the story for the New York Times but also like working with Iron Man itself like hey can you and your PR firm help create these opportunities she's available things like that that she has a she has a new agent now I think that's why you're seeing more of her It'll work itself out. <laughs> At the time, her, her agent was not present in Kona. Um, she's she's yeah. since changed that. But like, I think what I was trying to say, it happens two ways, right? It can happen from the athlete side because you want to elevate your platform. You want to increase kind of your exposure because then you're also elevating your sponsorship opportunities, partnership opportunities. But it could also be happening from, more from the Ironman side, whether it's like the director of communications, head of communications, um, linking in and, and making that happen. Like, you know what I get after almost every, like, Ironman World Championships? I get a list. Like, it just comes into my email from their PR team of all the California winners. Because somehow in their database, I'm, like, registered in California. And so they want you to write about, like, the local athletes who won titles. So you, and I'm assuming this happens in other, mm-hmm. like, I'm assuming the New York people get, I just get this list of, like, here's all the California World Championship titles. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so then you could follow up and be like, oh, this person's from my town. I want to do a story about them. That totally explains how. <laughs> Not even joking. I've had an experience on the other side of this where I'm like, how did the local newspaper know that I won Iron Man? Like, it's like, why did they? And it was like from my hometown, too. I was living like on the other side of the country right. and that's why kelly like someone got like a little that's why yeah oh yeah. that's so funny one time i opened the media book though and my husband was listed in the like 20 age group stories they give you and i was like and i know we never got told that he was listed there so i was like huh <laughs> that's weird <laughs> <laughs> so they're missing like the national media platform but they're hitting small towns the Kitchener Waterloo record was like well informed. <laughs> oh, it was a slow news day in Kitchener. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes that, that goes without saying. I mean, <laughs> that's all we got. That, uh, Sarah was worried that we were going to run out of things to say. And I think that's, <laughs> that's all we have to say. And I have no talking points written down. And okay, I, I'd be curious here like, is. Like, what do you all think about, like, what do you think about the two-day thing? Like, how do you think this is going to play out? I think to this point that we keep talking about how, like, Iron Man needs to back, needs to get more involved, like, in the marketing. Iron Man's going to have to get more involved in making sure that sponsors and media and brands can afford to go to both locations. They're going to have to put some, like, what's the word? Bootstrapping, gumshoeing. There's a phrase 
into like getting everyone mm-hmm. to both those locations and making sure there's lots of people and making sure there's activations and making sure because I think right now a lot of brands are looking at two locations and being like, well, we're only going to activate in one. Mm-hmm. Or and media outlets, which are which are obviously being gutted um right now, are like, well, we can't really afford to send somebody to both. So I think Iron Man's going to have to do some investing and like hope it works out in the long term. That's my. Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried it's going to be very quiet in Kona. Actually, yeah, I, I was going to say I actually think it might be quiet in Nice, but obviously who? I mean, both places. Both, yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. All the rugby, the rugby World Cup players will be watching in Nice. Yeah, so. That's true. I think too. It's like, um, one of the challenges last year in Kona was like some of the brands were priced out of that seat even being in the expo. So maybe if those costs come down, with there are more flights available, um, accommodation pricing is, is, is not quite as expensive. Uh, it will help people um, show up and have a presence in, in Hawaii. Obviously, that gets offset by also then having to have a presence in um, France. I think the other so there, there's got to be some meat behind Ironman attracting sponsors or if it, people are going to be in both places, give them uh, some credit, um, economic credit, and not just saying <laughs> a slap on the back to make it financially viable for them. Um, but also potentially like, like make the most of the two locations. I, I was thinking that last year's expo was pretty thin on the ground. And maybe they've, they've with either the exclusive relationships with key partners between that and then just the pricing, they've started to price things out. And then that leaves us with like limited choice, less foot traffic through the expo. So maybe they need to rethink that expo. Um, getting some of the smaller, more endemic brands, um, not just like the big name brands of like the Hokas, um, but maybe also like working with the local community. I mean, there's, I was thinking for like the women's race this year, there's got to be some like great local artisans on the big island, like make it economically viable for them to like be in that expo and you, and, and have a kind of a local element with the MB Expo space. And then you'll really tune in to what's like cool and unique about Hawaii. And maybe they do something similar in France too. Um, this is spitballing some of my ideas. I, I can't remember if it was Sarah or Kelly who was, I think it was Sarah who was trying to really push Messick before to commit to helping uh, get companies at the expo and, you know, decreasing some of their costs. But he was being very non-committal for whatever reason. Weird. Well, like Iron Man has uh, gone the route and it's like a short-term play. I don't think it's like good in the long term where they've like been, as Jordan's kind of saying, like been shittier and shittier to like non- like all the people that were kind of always around the expo, like setting up non-official booths, um, they've been, you know, buying out those people, buying out those locations, making it more expensive for their exclusive part. And I that's had a lot of like consequences. And like you kind of are gonna have to not do that. Well, and I think the you and I have both mentioned the word the exclusive partnership. It means like only one, like only Santini gets to be in like like a certain area of the expo, like they've carved out the and, and basically alienated several smaller companies from even being in the expo because they're not compatible with their, like I don't know, their bike brand or or whatever. Um, Basically, instead of using their money to buy out the coffee boat, 
this year. They're going to have to use that money to like support some people's flights to both. Places. I was quite concerned about the coffee boat. So like we're hosting, we're about to, <laughs> this is like, um, sorry, this is like the, uh, what do you call it? I'm like giving it away, but it doesn't matter. So Feisty is about to launch like a, what we're calling trication, right? And it's like six okay. days in Kona. We have 20 spots. Wait, didn't we already launch no, that? No, we just, we did a, like a wait list, like for yeah, we're doing an announcement of now we're like actually announcing an announcement of an announcement. Wait a second. Oh yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> imagine that. Where did we get that idea? Um, <laughs> like, it's um, so it's like called trication, right? And essentially, like, we're hoping that we're going to get like a group of 20 age group women who will like come, will like cheer on everybody. We'll do like all the behind the scenes stuff in Kona and we'll do a little bit of training during the week, have some like brunches at the house, do some pro panels with Sarah True. Um, <laughs> Wait, you're literally on our what? marketing car- coffee, Sarah. <laughs> no. Okay. When am, when are you booking it's my flights so- here? <laughs> it's only one. Don't worry. Oh, jeez. You will be getting All a portion right. of the, what did we just talk about with the pro prize? You'll be getting 10%. <laughs> yeah right but my point was when we were doing the like we were doing the schedule for it right and I was like oh I put like swim to the coffee boat you know as one of the things like we're gonna do a little and I'm like what if there's no coffee boat this year like this was this your was main concern my... <laughs> out of all the things that you could be we concerned about if like we don't but well because of the way that Iron Man like like bullied them out of there. Sarah, I have like a lot more concerns. <laughs> what if we can't do underwater photos of the coffee boat? The whole thing will be ruined. <laughs> Sarah, I will do a coffee boat for you. Yeah. It's just going to be me on like a paddleboard with like a Dunkin' Can Donuts coffee in, like, in one the, hand. We're like, here you go. Put that in the marketing, <laughs> in our marketing copy. Yeah, just be like the Sarah True coffee boat. <laughs> One sip for you. One sip for you. <laughs> True coffee boat. I love it. No, but like, okay, sorry. There was just an example of like, I was where I actually like, it yes. actually affected like, do I write coffee boat on here? Because like, is the, like, is the hype going to be different? I don't know. We're going to hype it up. We're doing self-hype. Yeah. So yeah. Self-hype. So we're like personally taking responsibility for making the first women's only world championships. The most hyped uh, up thing. Yeah, ever. I thought that was actually already uh you're my personal <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Don't worry, Kelly and I have got this. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Don't worry, Sarah. They'll you'll still have lots of sponsors. <laughs> We've got it taken care of. Any final words? I no, oh, okay. I have okay. a question. Yeah, uh, yeah. hard hitting journalism okay. right We're here. Ready. I wouldn't know. What both Jordan Kelly would have asked Andrew Messick if they had been interviewing him. Nice. I mean, in all fairness, we did interview him, and like we have talked. Like, so I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, do you you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I'm like, like not sure what new things I would ask. I if guess I'd have to if you that. were Jack in that interview, right, right, right. I mean, I thought like asking about pro- prize money was fair. I just thought you'd have to like respond then to the his responses and follow up. Um. Most interesting thing to me. So Andrew Messick at one point in the interview said, uh, what I, I think the P, what the PTO is doing is great. It's interesting because he has never said that ever. And there was no follow-up. 
And I would have wanted to ask, how is Iron Man going to work with the PTO? Like how, you know, is Iron Man working with the PTO? Is Iron Man just counting on the PTO to fund pros and is going to be cutting their own prize, right? Um, there was no follow-up to that. That was, I would have wanted follow-up to that. All right, I put my phone on mute because my cat is meowing really loudly right now. <laughs> but I know the animals are a theme in this show, so it's okay, yeah. probably. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I've already previewed some of what I would have asked. I would have probed on what are you doing to elevate like the pro athletes in the sport, not not necessarily from a direct economic impact, but you can have potentially a use leverage here, like a a, a more a, a larger economic impact by leveraging the sport and, and leveraging their platform. Um, and then plus, obviously, digging in a little bit on the PTO stuff and and can they work together? Um, Actually, I would have also asked him if Ironman wants to be part of the Pro Triathlon or uh, the the Global Triathlon Awards next year too, because I kind of <laughs> want them involved in that. But yeah, you know, new Sarah, what I actually think uh, is going to get the shaft this year from a pro racing perspective: seventy point three worlds. Oh, because of the timing. Um, I don't think a lot of pros are going to end up doing it, and I think a lot of age groupers. I've been hearing rumblings about like trouble finding accommodations and stuff so i'm curious if that's going to end up being just sort of this like super afterthought well now that pto is kind of dominating that space and that time that's the other problem is the way it's timed this year you like can't really do all the pto races and setting with world so it's like gonna be weird so that's like that would be i don't i don't know i don't i like i don't know i don't just might end up being a sort of like sad year yeah i mean i think this is going to probably be a transition year because I think from a prestige perspective, um, I think we're finally going to get that transition between like a prestige of being a world champion versus the prestige of, of being successful at these PTO events. I think with sponsors, a, a world title still trumps and, and bonus schedules uh, a PTO win. Um, but I think one to two years down the path, like that may have flipped. Um, as the PTO puts more money behind their events, gets more media behind, and and basically as as manage and athletes and agents work sponsors to elevate it on on their contracts, or just announce events, you know, like whatever. Yeah, that would be that would be like step one. <laughs> like, oh, what is the oh. schedule? Oh, okay. I know what you guys we have not talked about. The PTO U.S. Open is scheduled for Milwaukee since the last time whenever we talked. And my parents will be hosting everyone. I have already let them know that the whole feisty all crew. The feisties. Will be- <laughs> I I only Aww. heard about this secondhand. Somebody told me like, like we're staying with Kelly's mom. <laughs> like, what? Word has spread. <laughs> we are all going to Milwaukee. You know, it has been a while since Kelly's mom has been on the mm-hmm. podcast. Ooh. She's very excited. She was like, oh, we can homestay pros. And I was like, mom, the PTO is kind of fancier than that. And then the, all the pros were like, no, it's not. It's really. <laughs> but why would you homestay pros when you can homestay the feisties? I mean. <laughs> way, way more fun. Way more fun. Way more. Way less st- stressed out and amped up. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a whole party. My dad is very excited. Wait, yeah. how, how much room do they have? Is this like a mansion? No. <laughs> like This is like a three-bedroom house in milwaukee so it's gonna be four bedroom whatever it's gonna be great air mattress couch yeah, you yeah. Know. basement to yeah. it 
Okay, let's take a break. And I've got a couple more questions for Kelly and Jordan. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher, Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2.30 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. Okay, so I think like since... I, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know who the people are that are listening to Sarah and I every week talk about our pets who have now just like taken a deep dive into like the total weeds of triathlon. It's like, <laughs> like what I hope everybody loves both of those things. But um, OK, I am wondering, like for those of you who still actually race triathlons, like what are you doing this year? Kelly, what are your plans? Are you racing triathlons? I like I like. 
first off, is it, you're like, for those of you still racing triathlon, is it new Sarah still racing is, triathlon? I, I know better than to ask her her racing plans. Like, I know not to ask that question. I just, I'm sneaky with well, my racing. The PTO hasn't <laughs> shared that calendar, so she, maybe she doesn't have plans yet. True. I just like how no, we're like acting. Legit. like she like, Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. We're acting like you didn't like win one. You know, I, I, I like to tell Sarah like, yeah. Okay. The seriously, this is what happened. Like, literally, I'm like, I don't. We, we record the podcast on Wednesday, right? I see a post like on Friday. Sarah's at Ironman Arizona, <laughs> and I'm like, that's weird. I literally thought, oh, she's on the list, but she's not there because she didn't tell me. And then, then she wins. Then it's like people in this in our Slack, spicy Slack channel, just like Sarah's, Sarah's winning. She's kicking ass. People are, like sharing videos and th- all these posts, and I'm like. Really? I don't know whether to be happy or bad right now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, how can you not know? She did, I mean, she was in Kona after like the feeling sick. She was like, I need to get back on a race course. So I think she already had Arizona in like the, I don't know. The, I feel like the line she, of sight. She sometimes like, that's, that's not my relationship with Sarah. We don't really talk about that one. <laughs> but, uh, but also like having a kid and being a PhD student, like it's like, it's a, like Sarah's has a whole different life. Like, I don't know what she's prioritizing yeah. week to week. Like I can't even keep up. I don't even know how she does it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I did sign up for triathlons this year. I did. I told you that, um, you know, cause I thought we had already announced Kona Cation and I want to do Ironman California, which is seven days after oh, Kona. Yeah. And you told me that like, maybe I should reevaluate whether like what I, what are my expectations are? If I want to do that, but I, and I told you that I would like to win. So that makes that challenging. You should talk to Sarah about that because she's really good at doing a lot of things and still winning. Whereas I'm like, whoa, hold on. You got it, Kelly. Just don't tell Sarah about it. That is the secret. I wasn't going to tell anyone. So you just ruined it. You just told the entire podcast. (laughs) There are like five people who know now. (laughs) And four of them are on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so does that mean we have to police the number of Mai Tais you drink out in Kona? Right. That's my main concern is that I cannot drink too much then during Kona. You'll be more relaxed come race day. Right. Yeah. So. There's no drinking in Kona. Everyone's sober, right? There's no cocktails in Kona. No. And there's no parties. No. Um, sorry, Kelly. You're, but you're like retired from pro racing? I don't like I like I like didn't race for so long like I don't have a pro license now I did like one local sprint triathlon last year which by the way I got an email two days ago let me know I qualified for age group nationals I got that email too (laughs) (laughs) so I was like which is in Milwaukee with the PTO and I was like oh maybe I should just do it all We'll like, we'll like road test this idea of just doing everything. Okay, I'm maybe on that train too, because weirdly, like when we were talking about this at Endurance Exchange and Catherine was like, we should go there. We should like, these are all the activations we should do. She's talking about feisty. And I'm like, I'm like, can I race? Were you there? I was like, can I race? Wait, US age group. No, no, no. Wait, she didn't get that, that that's like not an option for it a is Canadian. Because there's always whatever. an open race. No, no, I, like I'm, I'm not American yet. I'm invited. Yeah, but you've done a triathlon the last five years. <laughs> I'm not saying I want to compete for like a medal in my age group. I'm saying if there's a little super sprint race that's open to everyone, then I would go and do it. Oh, 
you know what lat like however many years ago it was when I went there to do like a triathlete magazine like activation thing I was like oh yeah I'll do like this open swim race and I totally forgot that it's like college swimmers who do that shit it was incredibly painful I like I like thought I died in like 12 minutes oh so well, I'll do, I won't do that one. But if there is like some kind of little side race, that's open to everyone. It's a Maybe like the, the city bike version or something. The city bike version. <laughs> See, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, Jordan, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, can you retire from a hobby? I'm kind of retired from triathlon. Um, I do have one on the list this year, the Noosa Triathlon in November, which is an Olympic distance. And that's mostly to go hang out with friends and drink wine in Australia. Yeah. You guys, but ask Jordan how much she trains a week while she does not do <laughs> oh, I have to know now. Oh, man. Well, I just swam an hour and rode two something today. But it was oh gorgeous God. day. And I, I swim masters with like a really cool group of people. It's awesome. So. She trains like 30 hours a week, guys. Like, <laughs> not. I definitely trained double digits of swim, bike, and run, but like, yeah, it's fun. It's stress relief. Yeah, I love that. So you answered the question. You can, you can be a triathlete without doing triathlons. You just answered that question. Yeah, other than the fact that you probably are going to do at least three this summer. No, no, no. I, 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 <laughs> I make it to number two because now I'm like, oh, maybe I should come to the walk-in party with you guys and. And I accept that invite to Nationals. But no, I'm signed up for just one race. That's it. Yeah, there's going to be something that comes along. No, no. I, I'm planning to attend a lot of triathlons. I'll be at the Paris Test event. I'm on meet, like, World Champs in Nice and, and in Kona. It is really hard to figure out your schedule. Uh. Yeah, with all this shit in August, September, October, it's very hard. Because if you start to think about it, you're like, well, we have to go to Milwaukee for our big mm-hmm. party. And then, like, two weeks later is the Paris test event. And you're like, well, I probably should go to that. And then, like, like the week, or it's like a week later, whatever. And then, like, two weeks after that is, uh, or a week after that is 70.3 Worlds. And you're like, oh, Then you're like, well, if I'm over here, I should stage two weeks later for, like, Iron Man Nice. And th- or maybe I switch those around. Anyway, it's like a whole bunch of shit. And you're like, you might as well oh, stay. I have Holly Lawrence's and wedding and like, all of that, too, over in the UK. So my schedule is nutty. And then... And then it's like time to go to Kona for Konacation. And you're like, well, fuck, man. It's like, it's crazy. <laughs> not ideal for your training. Right. And not ideal <laughs> you're, for you're your Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which just comes back to the great advice I gave you from the beginning, you know? That I should adjust my expectations? No, I think I'm, no. What triathlons are you oh, going to do, old Sarah? I'm doing the yes. I'm doing the open category super sprint that may or may not exist in Milwaukee. <laughs> if there was honestly, if I had an opportunity, this like, it would have to be like really easy. Like it would, I'd have to be there anyway. But if like, or if there was like someone local here who just went, oh, I want to do like a put on a super sprint team relay, you know, like they do in the Olympics. I'd yeah, I would I'm like 100 percent do that because I could just show up and do it. That's a lot of cardio for you. It's a lot of cardio for me, but it's in the right, like, like it's in the right, you know, the <laughs> the right length of cardio. When, when is your CrossFit? It is thing? middle, whatever that middle weekend is in March. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Okay. CrossFit. Get this year. I have to tell you guys this. So we're like me and five of my friends have bought like matching velour track suits with gold rim, like gold trim. 
with sure. our names and everything yeah. on it. And we're like showing up in these like bluer <laughs> tracksuits. I'm so excited. If they're they're green and gold, it's so great. Mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed because that's totally going to be the look I'm rocking this year on the race course, just in like you know, bathing suit version, like floor trim. Oh yeah, you could see it. Race suit. Yeah. Secretly, I stole it. I stole it from Sarah. Sarah, I'll send you a picture of the suit. If you want one, I'll get you one. Sponsored by Feisty. Get you a little Feisty per- logo Perfect on there. for like really hot, humid conditions. <laughs> yeah. I hear velour is great for that. Yeah. yeah. And the chafe, I'm sure, is no problem. <laughs> Riddle. Well, Sarah, do we have anything left on the podcast? I think we're good. Oh my goodness. I know. An hour Kelly, has gone by. Jordan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I don't know if we established anything. Should we end this podcast with both of you just storming <laughs> off in a very it, polite? Like, the, the cat's like meowing at me like it's dinner needs to be served. So yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> We could have our own train wreck. That's right. We could be like, like Jordan's like, oh, I need to go for dinner. And we're like, Jordan Blanco stomps away from the interview. <laughs> I should have kept Luna around so she keeps like, and, and not muted him. He's <laughs> hungry. Well, thanks. Thanks both of you for not storming off and just politely signing off staying on till the end hopefully you know our one listener has stayed on till the end and until next week this is if we were writing none of you people can tell me to stop my town my crown we know what it takes to be reaching the top we're reaching the top we're reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top